Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I am excited for part two of our three-part series on resting well. Last week, I talked about finding rest for our physical bodies and some of the things that get in the way of that. Things like staying up way too late, watching shows and scrolling social media. I talked about mindset issues with napping and being people who give ourselves permission to rest well. And today, I want to talk about what it looks like to have deep soul rest. And what do I mean by deep soul rest? Well, I want to start by reading this verse from Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29. It says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find a rest for your souls. And that is what I want to talk about. The rest for our souls. The deep soul rest that we cannot get on our own. And very simply, I want to say for a lot of us, I think the reason we don't experience deep soul rest is that we're not getting our rest from him. Are we going to him in our times of rest? Or are we trying to get, sorry, are we trying all the other things first? The rest I'm talking about is a very calm, deep peace that exists in your body that only Jesus can bring. And I think for a lot of us, that sounds nice, but we don't really have firsthand experience of what deep soul rest is. So instead, I want to bring up the opposite. The opposite of deep soul rest is like a low-lying hum of anxiety. You're not really overtly stressed or worried about anything, but There's just a little bit of tension, a little bit of anger, a little bit of worry, a little bit of control, nothing major, just a low hum. And for most of us, we don't know any other way. Isn't that just life? But I think this deep soul rest is possible. And I want to share three things that I think will help us get there. So number one, as I already said, we go everywhere but Jesus for our rest. The verse I read earlier is an invitation. It is Jesus speaking and he says, come to me. But I think often when I'm weary, I tend to go everywhere else first. I go to social media. I go to TV or Netflix. I go to comfort food and comfort drink. Anything that I think will help me relax, help me unwind and give me the peace I'm looking for. But even though those things can help me escape life a little bit, they don't actually provide peace. And I'm not anti-social media or Netflix. I'm not even anti having some great snacks or a glass of wine. But those things don't really give me the deep soul rest my weary soul is looking for. And as I shared in the last episode, I think for many of us, we're operating from a place of total depletion. So we don't have the energy to reach for what will truly satisfy. 
I think about John 4, where Jesus meets a woman at a well. She's thirsty. And I'm guessing she was also a little bit weary. As they talk, I can imagine her life was pretty exhausting. She'd been married to five different men, which, like that in itself, that it sounds exhausting. And the one she was with at that time, she wasn't married to. I can imagine her life felt like that low-lying hum of anxiety I was talking about earlier. Would this man leave her too? What would people say? What were they already saying? Why hadn't her life turned out the way she wanted it to when she was a little girl? As she stood at this well talking to Jesus, he said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And that is why we go to him with our weary souls. He gives us life overflowing. Aren't you tired of just trying the same old things again and again and feeling so weary again and again? I know I am. Anytime I try and fill myself up with any other source, I'm thirsty again. I need his living water to be fully refreshed. And just like he promised to the woman at the well, that living water will flow out. And we're not meant to be a well of living water, but a fountain where the life of Christ within us cannot help but overflow to those around us. And often the reason we don't choose Jesus first is that we're just so used to habitually turning somewhere else first. When you have time to yourself, what do you do? There is a solid chance you pick the same few things again and again. I know for me, becoming a mom meant my kid-free time or my solo time became really limited. But I know a ton of university students that are also so busy, they too don't have a lot of solo time. So this isn't just a mom issue. Um, When we have that time, that solo time, that free time, what do we choose? For me, I often would choose grocery shopping. So especially at night, if I was going out, there was always at least one thing we needed at our house. And if I stopped to pick up a fun coffee and then chose a grocery store that also sold clothes, then it was a winner of a night for me. Or if I had some daytime free time, it was the same thing, some sort of shopping. And while I do love to peruse a store from time to time, it isn't actually restoring to my soul. It isn't actually restful. Um, so I came to realize also that I was buying things I didn't need. So then I was creating more errands for myself with having to go back and return things. This was a terrible use of my free time. So slowly but surely I began to start choosing differently now now if I have a kid-free window I ask myself what will care for my soul and most often it's going for a walk sometimes it's just going to a coffee shop and occasionally it is going shopping but mostly it's just getting out in fresh air listening to some worship music whatever will help my body and my brain unwind and connect to God. It's not always easy to make that choice because it doesn't seem like the productive choice. And there is always more to do on my list. But I know that when I choose time with him first, 
I will be restored and my productivity on the back end will likely be even higher. So the second thing I want to talk about is how we often get in our own way of experiencing deep soul rest. First, it was, what are we choosing first? Are we choosing him first? Are we just habitually choosing other things? Second, it's what is getting in the way? What are we holding on to? In John 14, 27, Jesus says, peace I give to you. He is the one that hands out peace. And in Philippians 4, 7, it says it is a peace that transcends all understanding and that this peace actually guards our hearts and our minds. And I think when you look at both of these verses, this is how you can get to a place of deep soul rest. So first of all, what are you holding on to? If you're not holding on to peace, then what is it you're holding on to? The analogy I love to use is that of me holding my hands out to receive his peace. But I cannot receive his gift of peace if my hands are holding on to something else. So we have to open our hands and we have to let go of what we're holding on to. And so that's what I'll ask you. What are you holding on to? Is it worry? Is it control? Is it fear? My guess is that it is a bit of all of those things. And can I say that is exactly what I'm holding on to too? I have to consciously let go of these things every day, sometimes many times a day to receive his peace. And I wonder if there are other things that you're holding on to as well. Many of these I've held on to and also need to continuously let go of. Things like unforgiveness, offense, bitterness, anger, jealousy, self-pity. The list can go on. But when I'm holding on to these things, I can't receive his peace. And his peace is key to this feeling of deep soul rest. And sometimes it's as easy as a releasing prayer. God, I give you this worry. I give you this anger. I give you this control. I give you my kids. I give you my life. I give you this fear. And other times there's something a little deeper that needs a bit more work. If I'm holding on to bitterness or unforgiveness towards someone, it's damaging to my soul. And I can't feel deep soul rest in this place. I just, I can't. And can I tell you something? When you finally deal with the junk that is hanging out in your heart, you will feel so light. You will feel so free and so peaceful. You will finally get to a place of deep soul rest. But if you want to just hold on to that one thing, because it's just that one thing that you're not forgiving someone for, or that person deserves it, or it's not that big a deal, it's just not possible to experience that sense of peace. And I'm not talking about salvation. When we ask Jesus to come into our hearts, when we begin a relationship with him, we receive salvation. The old is gone and the new has come. But often we want Jesus as Savior, we want him to save us, but not as Lord. We want salvation, but we aren't re- really willing to let go of the things that we're holding on to. The things that he tells us in scripture, we need to let go of the things that will help us find freedom. And when you finally deal with this junk, not only will you feel a deep sense of peace, but you will also sleep 
more deeply. I talked about this in the last episode. It's dealing with this junk. It helps eliminate that low-lying hum of stress and anxiety. And I believe it is the collection of those things that we have not dealt with and given over to God that really are the source of that hum. I do want to say there are normal reasons to have natural moments of anxiety. If you're moving or um, speaking in front of a group, you're doing something that causes a bit more anxiety, that's normal. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just the general everyday hum of stress and anxious thoughts, um, tension, all those things we hold on to. As we deal with that junk in our hearts, we hand those things over to God. We uproot the bitterness and forgive. When we deal with those things, we actually will begin to sleep deeper. Um, so that's number two. And then number three, I want to talk about what, what we plant in our mind grows. Now, recently, um, I was going out for a walk in the evening, but I wanted to check something on social media first, of course. Um, it was the day after the Super Bowl. And as I was checking something on social media, I noticed there was a lot of controversy online about the halftime show. So someone I like to follow had posted something that grabbed my attention. And before I knew it, I had spent way too long just reading the comments. So it's the back and forth opinions of people I don't know. And finally, I had the sense to turn it off and head out of my walk. But as I began to walk, I felt physically ill. Like the comments I had just read were so damaging to my soul. And this is what we need to be aware of. We are constantly consuming. We're constantly taking stuff in. We're bombarded by images, opinions, noise. And for a lot of us, we don't know why we don't feel peace but then we have to look at what we have been allowing into our minds. This stuff affects us whether we like it or not. And I'm pretty adamant about trying to guard my heart and my mind. So I try really hard not to read comments. Um, but I couldn't believe I just got sucked in. And then the effect that it had on me. And if this is how we're spending our rest time, really, it's no wonder we don't feel rested. Um, I hear a lot of people talk about nighttime routines when it comes to getting a good sleep, but I want to talk about daytime routines, daytime habits. And what do I mean by that? I mean, what you're doing and thinking about all day will play out at night. So if you're allowing yourself to plant anxious thoughts in your mind all day long, don't be surprised when you lay your head on the pillow and all is quiet around you, that those anxious thoughts begin to spring up. Or when you fall asleep, you find yourself popping wide awake in the middle of the night with anxious thoughts. So what are you planting in your mind in the daytime? What are you watching? What are you scrolling through? What are you seeking out? When a tragedy occurs, are you googling it? Do you look up news articles about the event? Can I suggest that you don't need that much information? I'm not talking about being ignorant or uninformed, but maybe you just don't need to know all the details. We're curious people and so much information is available at our fingertips, but you just don't need it. It's not helpful. Enough will come at you regularly. You don't need to be seeking it out. When you do that, you are literally planting seeds of fear and anxiety in your life 
And then you will wonder later on why you're feeling so anxious. And that is why. And yes, there are a number of factors when it comes to anxious thoughts, but you actually have some control here. So you are not passive in all of the information that is coming into your head. Your friend posts an article that you're curious about, and you find yourself in a rabbit trail learning about some new epidemic or disease or thing that might just possibly could one day happen if you're not careful. And if you don't already know it, can I say this? News is meant to be sensational. They're trying to capture your attention because with your attention, they're able to capture money through ads and various things. So they're trying as hard as they can to create clever titles and grab your attention. And I know I am a bit intense about this topic, but I'm so passionate about it because we can feel sometimes like a victim in our anxious thoughts, but take no responsibility for the images and words we read that we've planted in there in the first place. And not everything is a choice, but some of it is. And we can't just read and watch and do whatever we want without believing that there are very real consequences. So we have to think, what are we cultivating in our thought life? And I'm not saying any of this to condemn or to shame, but as someone who spent much of her life just consuming garbage, I can honestly say it makes such a difference to be aware of what you're letting in your mind. And I shared a little more on episode 41 about taking thoughts captive. This is key in our daytime routine, which then in turn greatly affects our nighttime sleep. And I don't know what those thoughts are for you, but for me, they can be thoughts about my kids, thoughts about their safety, thoughts about my abilities as a mom, thoughts about how I'm being received by people, do people like me, thoughts on what if, what if this happens? When those thoughts come, take them captive. The Passion Translation says, like prisoners of war in 2 Corinthians 10.5. You may need to wrestle those thoughts like a prisoner. Um, you need to just say, sorry, you don't get a spot in my mind. You have to go. I am not going to think about you. And then make them obedient to Christ. Give them over to him. Jesus, I'm thinking this. Please take this thought away. Replace it with your truth. But again, we can't be passive here. We can't let our, man, our minds dwell on, on whatever we want and hope for the best. We have to be vigilant here. I know that today's episode was a lot, and I hope it has been helpful, helpful for you. If you want to dig a little deeper into Deep Soul Rest, you can check out my free download. It's a five-day email series that talks about how I learned to spend my free time a little wiser instead of just doing mindless errands during the time I have free. Um, I began to seek out things that would care for my soul. Time with the one who made it. I wanted to just end with a word of encouragement. You can truly have a peace-filled peace and restful life, not just on Sunday and not just when circumstances in life are great. I do believe this for you. And so I hope those things, those three points are helpful that we will choose to go to him that we will think about um, how we are spending our time, that we will realize what we're holding on to. Um, and then lastly, I've completely forgotten my last one. Lastly, um, just thinking about what we are planting in our mind because what we plant in our mind grows. So I hope this has been a great episode for you and I hope that it helps you move one step closer to thriving. Take care. 
Thanks so much for listening today. I really am so encouraged knowing how many of you are being encouraged by this message. And if you have found it helpful, would you mind just sharing it with a friend, leaving five stars or even a review wherever you listen to podcasts, podcasts, keeping it super professional. Um, If you want to connect more with me, head over to Instagram where I'm at Jacqueline.Widener. Or if you want some free resources, head over to my website at JacquelineWidener.com. This has been an Extend Network production.